Hey everyone, welcome to the Gatekeepers Podcast. In this message, Billy Humphrey breaks down the second chapter of Song of Solomon, teaching on how Jesus invites us to greater intimacy in uncomfortable and unfamiliar places. If you want to know more about Gatekeepers, visit gatecityatl.com gatekeepers. Enjoy. Um, I'll encourage you, if you haven't heard the other portions of the series, go back and check out the other parts. It'll bring you up to speed. Uh, tonight, we are in the second part of chapter two of Song of Solomon. And uh, interestingly, I don't think the, the worship team planned it, but they got us to the ministry time that would have worked exactly after the message. It's like we did the ministry time for the message before the message. So we're going to come behind the ministry time with the message. And maybe we'll do another ministry time. Who knows? All things as the Holy Spirit leads. Amen. Don't you appreciate that, though? Rather than just running according to, like, a schedule, like, let's just go by the schedule of the Lord. Yeah, let's do that. Awesome. All right. Uh, Let's pray and we'll get into it. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what you've been doing in us in Song of Solomon. Lord, I'm so grateful for how you hooked my heart with these verses that we're going to cover tonight, how you hooked my heart 20 years ago. And Lord, I pray that even tonight there would be So many in this room that have the same experience, they would sense your fiery love. They'd sense your fiery desire that even tonight you would draw so near with unction. So come, Holy Spirit, open the eyes of our understanding. Would you just say that over your own heart? Say, open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my understanding. Lord, release light and revelation. And Lord, as we sang, I pray, hold my hand. Let me speak as your oracle tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right. So Song of Solomon, chapter 2, we're in verse 8. We're going to go 8 to 17. I want to read that whole portion, and then we'll begin to work through it. Reading out of the New King James, I want to encourage you, if you have your Bible device, paper, whatever you use, It's good to have your eyes on it while we're looking at it and reading it. So here we go. Song of Solomon 2, verse 8. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping on the mountains, leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He's looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing is come. The voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. She responds with this in verse 15. 
Catch us, the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. And she says, my beloved is mine and I am his. He feeds his flock among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag upon the mountains of Bether. So good. Now, obviously, at a, a glance and at a quick reading of that, if you're unfamiliar with the symbols, you go, that's an interesting little poet, you know, poem. <laughs> nice, you know, turtle doves and tender grapes. Okay. About to go deep in the word tonight, you know. But there's so much in these passages. And I will say this. What got my attention in Song of Solomon years ago was Song of Solomon 1. It was the two truths that I emphasized with you guys and, and those truths are, are this, that number one, that in my own personal weakness and my own frailty and my failings, that God still calls me, you know, his beloved. He still says he loves me. That's the first one. Because I was so connected to a performance mentality. I just, it was like if I worked really hard for God, he loved me more. And, the, and if, I, if I failed, you know, I felt like he loved me less. And that's completely false. And we've covered that in the previous chapters, in the previous sessions. And then the other truth was that though my love is small, that he says my love is real and he accepts it as, as real love. Those two truths, those are the ones that pierced me. I went, oh, that, I, the fact that you think of me that way, that means everything. Well, those were the ones that drew me in. But these verses in chapter 2, verse 8 to 17, these are the ones that hooked me. This is where it got real for me. This is where, as a man, I was able to go, oh, I can get on with this. You know, it, it, it went from being this sort of like, you know, in, you know, intimate style language that I was like, I'm not sure if, you know, I, I'm, somebody asked me one time, are you going to ever teach this, you know, these passages? I was like, no, they mean a lot to me, but I'm not going to be teaching it. That's weird. You know, it went from that to oh, this is going to be my life hobby, and I'm going to know Jesus this way no matter what. This is how I'm going to know him and experience him. So this, these passages have, can have that effect on you. So here's what's going on. We've, we, remember last week, she's experiencing this amazing time in the love of God. She's, you know, overwhelmed with love. She's, her identity is shifting. We talked about that in detail last week. She's beginning to see herself the way he sees her. It's a dynamic shift that's taken place, and we talked through a process that he took her through to get her identity to shift. If you're challenged with your identity in God, I would encourage you to go back, listen to last week's message, make it like a staple. And so, she comes to this place where she says, his banner over me is love. In, in other words, everything he wants to do in my life, everything he's going to lead me to and through, it's about bringing me to perfection and love. And then she goes, sustain me, refresh me, because I am lovesick. And it's the other side of his banner. So his banner is his intentions. She goes, his intentions for me, it's all love. And then she goes, and I'm lovesick which means nothing else will satisfy me except for the love of God. And so we have this intersection of his desire and her desire, and it's love at the highest measure. 
And so I began to speak to you about the vision of your life. If you're the, the vision of your life is to get more letters after your name and degrees, if it's to get more numbers in your bank account, it will never be enough. But if the vision of your life is to know the love of God at the highest possible measure, he wants to take you on a journey of encounter that will, it will be a wild ride. It'll be amazing. It'll be shocking. And so that's where this, now we're going to pick it up. The last thing she says in those first six ver or seven verses, she says, don't awaken love before it's time. And, and he, it's, it's, a, a, it's a request from her heart and it's his echo over her. He's saying she is in a place of encounter right now. Let's not pull her out of that and force her into some sort of, you know, now she's got to serve, 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 serve. Let's let this thing bake in her. And I, over the years, just in ministry, I've had so many people show up uh, to our house of prayer, to our church or whatever, and they, they're, they're like, look what the cat dragged in. I mean, they're just beat up and worn out, and they're like, you know, just been through the ringer in church life and ministry and the world and everything. The sun has beat them up, and the, everything has beat them up, and, 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 they, and they come in, and they don't, know, they don't know that they can rest. They're like, what do I do? What do I do? I go, I'll tell you what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Nothing. Do nothing. Somebody's like, well, that's not very faithful. No, no. It is. It's the thing that their hearts need. They need to come in and lay down on the floor and let the Holy Spirit just heal them. And the Lord will take them into these moments of encounter. And I've watched people get healed and ministered to and, and it's, you know, there's a moment that they're going through, and it's the do not awaken love moment. Let her stay in that place of encounter in God. There'll be a moment to come where she gets to run with him. But, they're, you know, you, they're in a draw me away kind of moment. And, and so often I've just seen this in the church too many times where the whole expression is, what are you going to do for God? What are you going to do for God? And there is literally no, there's no room for draw me away. I want to be with him and just letting the heart come alive. So that's the last verse. That's verse 7. Don't awaken love before it's time. It's his, it's his testimony over her. It's her heart's desire. She goes, sustain me, refresh me. And then he goes, don't awaken her from this place. All right. Now the scene shifts. So verse 8, the voice of my beloved, here he comes. And this scene is a completely new it's a new face of how he's presenting himself to her. So here he comes, but this time when he comes, he is described as leaping on the mountains and skipping on the hills. He's like a gazelle and a young stag. And so when he shows up now, he shows up, and the face that he's going to show her is the sovereign king. Up to now, he's been a shepherd. He's been um, the beloved bridegroom. But now he shows up as the sovereign king. The mountains that he's skipping on, these um, represent all the trials and challenges, the big issues of life. They represent spiritual warfare. They represent the, the, the demonic, the, the realms of darkness that the enemy, you know, is... is mounted in her life against her. Well, he's skipping on them. 
And, and, and he's, he's leaping on the mountains. He's skipping on the hills. The hills are the smaller issues. The mountains are the bigger issues. He comes and he is absolutely dominant over every attack of the enemy. And I want to say that over you tonight as I was even praying for you and rebuking darkness off of your mind. Some of you even felt something like lift off of you as I prayed. But there is nothing the enemy can do to separate you from the love of God. And there is no power that the enemy has that can even touch the power of God. His power is infinitely greater than anything that the enemy can try to do to you. And, and that's how Jesus shows up here. He shows up easily leaping on mountains. Easily skipping on the hills. You know, so often we stare at the mountain. We stare at the hill. And because we're staring at those things, we think that they're so powerful. And the problem is we're looking at the mountain and not looking at him who skips on mountains. Because you got a mountain? Oh, I leap on those. No problem. Able to leap tall mountains in a single bound. This is Jesus. Better than Superman. Able to dominate every principality without a question. This is Jesus. In the cross, he disarmed rulers and authorities in his cross, triumphing over them in it. I'm telling you, when you get a bit of a vision of who he is, and a revelation of this one who's seated on a throne, and that throne is infinitely above every other throne, and, the, and you see the, the mountains of the enemy, the principalities, the powers, but you see Jesus infinitely exalted above them, there's a courage that fills your soul to stand against all the activity of the enemy. Well, he has showed himself as a shepherd, as a loving bridegroom, but now he comes as this sovereign king, this warrior king, and it freaks her out a bit. So just, I remember a friend of mine taught this passage in a certain way years ago, and I thought it was interesting, and, and, and it's, you know, you know, a guy will teach it one way and a girl will teach it another way. I would just say, guys, you got to learn how a girl will teach the Bible. Because if you only teach it guy way, it's not going to have the fullness. Amen. The church has done a really dumb thing for many, many years. It's called complementarianism. Puts women on the bench and says they can't preach. Well, that's completely false. The first person Jesus ever commissioned to preach was a woman. Go and tell the disciples. And, uh, if, if what we do is we bench half of the body of Christ based on their gender, we're absolute imbeciles. <laughs> I've got 10,000 words online. You can read it on my blog for anybody that's listening to this on <laughs> Spotify. Just go to billionaire.com, read my blog, God's Plan for Women in Ministry. But the point is, it's a bad idea to take half the team, put them on the bench, and say because of their gender, they're disabled from manifesting the authority and the power of the kingdom of God in proclamation and ministry and laying hands on the sick, all these things. That's ridiculous. So sometimes as a man, I will just tell you, you've got to hear the Bible the girl way so you can get a fullness of understanding of the scripture. Does that make sense what I'm saying? 
If all you ever hear it is man way, you're going to miss girl way. Must hear girl way so you don't speak just man way. <laughs> so, so my friend, good, thank you. So my friend, so she's teaching it, and she said, this is the way I see this passage. She goes, I imagine it's like I'm on a uh, vacation on a summer island in you know, like I, I met a young man and I fell in love with him. And, you know, we had a, a, a beautiful time together over that summer. And we just, you know, enjoyed one another. And, and I, I, we were beginning to dream about what it could be like for us to be together for the rest of our lives. And, and then she says, and, and it's, you know, summer's coming to an end. And, and I'm getting ready to go back home and we're making plans for how we're going to continue our relationship. And then she says... And, and then it's like my last day, and instead of him showing up the way I've seen him before, he shows up, but this time he is in a full warrior's outfit. He is in a headdress, and he has got this coat of armor, and he shows up, and he is calling to me, but I'm looking at him, and I can barely recognize him, and I realize it's his voice, but he looks at me, and he says, my beloved, I want you to come with me. And she goes, what are you wearing? He goes, well, I haven't told you this yet, but my father is the king over all of the islands in this region. And the enemy has attacked us. But I am going to come. I'm the captain of my father's armies. I am going to come and we are going to rout the enemy. We are going to drive him from this region with force and power. I want you, my beloved, I want you to come with me to go into conquest with me. We're going to drive the enemy away. She looks at him. She goes, we were under the shade tree last week, and you're talking about like a military conquest? He goes, oh, yeah, it's the easiest thing. I have millions of troops under my command. We are going to dominate. And she looks at him. She goes, I, 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 don't, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. He goes, come, my beloved. He goes, it's the perfect time. Winter is over. We can rout the enemy with force and power. I want you to stand with me. And she's thrown off because she has not seen him like this. You ever had an encounter with Jesus where he came to you in a new face? You hadn't seen him that way? He expressed himself to you in a way that you'd never experienced him before? That's what's happening to her. She's known him in this place of intimacy and love and just this tender place, calling her up out of her shame. She's, she's known him in this really beautiful place of him shepherding her heart and calling her into her identity. He, she's experienced that. Now he shows up as this fierce warrior, and she is thrown off. It's a massive shift and a massive change and she sees him she recognizes his voice but she doesn't recognize him i remember when the lord started contacting my heart 
with the message of Song of Solomon intimacy, it was as if he was approaching me in a way I'd never seen him before. I got acquainted with the king and the judge, but I hadn't been acquainted with the bridegroom. She's been acquainted with the bridegroom and the shepherd, but she's never met the king and the judge. And so this is what's happened. It shocked her. And he's like, we can topple every government of the enemy. We can rout every army that the enemy, every attack. And this is who God is in your life. Listen, every attack of the enemy, it can be routed by Jesus. But we have to agree with who he is as the sovereign warrior king just as much as we agree with who he is as the shepherd who's shepherding our hearts and the bridegroom who loves us with fire. Amen. It's not like he's, you know, just one face. He's got many, many expressions of himself. And so he comes in this powerful way, and she is thrown completely off. And so she says, the voice of my beloved, he comes. Um, he's leaping. He's, he's, uh, he's like a gazelle, like a stag. And, uh, and then she says, Behold, he stands behind the wall. He's looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. This is the verse. This is the one that got me. He's looking through the windows. He's gazing through the lattice. Now, the first thing is this. She's in the house. He's coming, leaping on mountains. So he's out in the world, right? And she says, he's behind the wall. But in this scenario, who's actually behind the wall? She is. He's out in the world. She's in the protection behind the wall. She's in her comfort zone. And he comes and he says, I want you out of your comfort zone. And he's saying her name. He's saying her name. And I don't know, I got to ask you guys, that song y'all sang, did you sing that because you know this passage was going to be preached? Or did y'all just feel that one or what? The, he knows my name? Don't know. Val's shaking her head. She goes, I didn't even think about it. The Lord thought about it. Here's why. There's a moment in all of our lives. Look, you might be in that place right now of sustained, refreshed, getting your heart filled with love, coming into your identity. But there's a moment coming. There is a moment for sure coming where he starts calling your name. He starts saying your name. She goes, the voice of my beloved, he comes. He's leaping on the mountains. He starts saying your name, and he's saying, come with me. Can you imagine Jesus, the sovereign king of the universe, the one who easily dominates principalities and powers, and he's actually asking for you? Hey, come with me, Billy. I go, I don't, I'm just like little me, Billy the Philly. Like, I'm not, I'm not really just ready to leap on mountains. He goes, come with me. I go, you're behind the wall. He goes, no, 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 you're behind the wall. And it just says this phrase, looking through the windows. 
This is one that got me. Looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. The windows and the lattice. It's the windows and the lattice of our hearts. And I just imagined, can you, can you catch Jesus calling your name, staring at you, saying, come with me. Let's go dominate. Let's go deal with principalities and powers. Let's go stand on the mountains. Let's skip and leap on the Come with me, my beloved. Let's go ahead and let's, let's emphasize the power of the kingdom over the enemy. I want you to run with me. Come. And you're like, I'm in the house. And he's looking, watch this, he's looking at you through the window, through the lattice. I just, I go, oh, wait a minute. You're staring at who? He goes, at you. And I imagine Jesus, this desirous stalker. Who looks in windows? He's going, Billy. I love you. <laughs> Come with me. I'm like, bro. I don't know. He's like, yes. And he is gazing through the lattice, calling out your name. He knows exactly what he's getting into. Do you ever feel like the Lord called you into something? You're like, dude, I, there's no chance. I can't. He's not confused about who you are. He knows exactly who you are. He's not like, oh, dang, I really didn't want you on this journey with me because you got to suck. Like, I can't, I can't work with you. He's not, he's, he knows exactly who you are. He's been staring through your windows. He's been gazing through your lattice. He's looking at your heart. He knows exactly who you are. And he, he wants you with him even more than you can imagine. And that fatal attraction style engagement with the Son of God, that shifted my understanding of the love of the bridegroom. He is a warrior, and he is relentless. That thing that we did tonight where we prayed for into that place of where you feel like God has he kept fighting for you. He kept pursuing you. There's a little bit of a, like, safety. I feel so grateful that you, you kept pursuing me. Even when I was, you know, going astray, you kept pursuing me. And then there's a little bit of a, like, oh, you weren't kidding. You kept coming. He goes, oh, yeah, nothing's keeping me from you. You're mine. Nothing's going to stand in the way. It's, it pains me when I see people turn away from the Lord and they backslide. It pains my heart. It pains me when their hearts grow dull and I see it happening and I try to call them up out of it. I, I, I hate that. I pray for people a lot in, in that place and people that I'm thinking, God, oh, God. I, I just, you know, I want them to know your love in a, in a rich way, fiery way. But on the other side of that, I know this. Their sincere yes from a day gone by it causes him to pursue them in a relentless way that is ferocious. He's looking through the windows of their life. He's not giving up. 
he is staring, <laughs> gazing, calling their name. And so I just pray, Jesus, warrior king who tramples on serpents and scorpions, who leaps on mountains and skips on hills, Jesus, I'm asking you to make yourself known to that person. And I know he's more, far more relentless than I've ever dreamt of being. He's far more into them than I've ever thought about being in terms of being a faithful friend or calling somebody out of their stuff. He's staring at them, gazing at them. I just want you to come under the sense of that. He's staring at you. Not like, let's see if you'll mess up. He's staring at you with eyes of longing, eyes of desire. He wants you, and he wants you with him. He wants you to partner with him. He wants you with him, partnering with him. Ready? He wants you exhibiting his authority, releasing the authority that he has. It's that deep. He wants you to step into the authority that he has, and you release that authority. He's calling your name. She says, my beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one. Notice how he approaches this. He doesn't say, get out here. What the heck are you doing behind the wall? He goes, my love, I love you. You're beautiful. Rise up. Rise up, my love, my fair one. Come away. And she is trembling because he's far more than, than she ever dreamt that he was. He's far different than she ever thought he was. And uh, I always think of Lion King, the movie, not the musical. The original, I think of Mufasa when the hyenas... They're talking about him. They go, Mufasa, ooh, it's tingly. Say it again. Mufasa, ooh. That's the sense of who he is. And she is trembling under the weight of how ferocious, how powerful, how authoritative he is, and that he is calling to her. Come with me. Rise up, my love. Come with me. And all of her insecurities that he's been working her through, he's been working her out of her identity issues, but all of them surface. You ever thought, man, I've been, I was doing so good with God, but I'm not anymore. I'm right back where I used to be. All the junk is back to the surface, right? You ever? Just me? Okay. Don't want to be honest. Just laugh. Okay, I cover you. Okay, good. Listen, that doesn't mean that the ground you have taken in a previous day of rich encounter, that that's false and lost. It doesn't mean that that ground is lost or that you never experienced it or that it wasn't real. The enemy will say, none of that was real. Look at you. You're just as fearful as you used to be. You're just as compromised as you used to be. That's not true. What's true is 
all of that he's put into you has caused you to grow to a certain place. And now he's saying, you can come with me. And so that, that tremble in her is this place of, will I make a new choice? Will I make a good choice, a different choice than what I used to make? Or will I, make the, will I let the old habits drag me into a bad choice? Rise up, my love. He goes, I love you. You're beautiful. Remember who you are. You're beautiful. I love you. Rise up. Come with me. He goes, the winter's past. That season, that cold season, it's past. He goes, the spring has come. He goes, there's a sound of, of, of turtle doves in the land. There's a singing sound. There's a, there's a breaking forth of, of new growth and new life. It's a spring sound. It's a, it's a time of revival. He goes, jump in with me. Let's go together. Let's, let's dominate the enemy. Let's destroy every principality, every stronghold. Let's break the back of the enemy together. He's calling her into conquest, and she is in shock. And all the old negative feels are beginning to surface. She doesn't know what to do with him like this. He's coming so strong. He's still the, he's still the beloved, but man, it's 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 completely throwing her off. She's not seen him this way before. What's interesting is he's literally answering her prayer. Draw me away and let us run together. She's been drawn away and now he's going, let's run. You're ready. Let's run. It's time to awaken love. Come, let's conquest. And he's calling to the thing in her heart that she wants the most, that she's prayed for and she wants the most. And her areas of immaturity are causing her to struggle with the decision. So he says all these things, and then in verse 13, he goes, he says it again. Rise up, my love, my fair one. Come away. And then he goes, oh, my dove. What's dove mean? Faithful. Whoever said that? Who are you? David Wickman. Way to go. David Wickman had the right answer for the, for the, just for the podcast. Dove. Whenever you see dove, dove's eyes. Faithful. He goes, rise up, my love. You are faithful. He's going, I know you can make the right choice right now. You're beautiful. I love you. Come away. Let's run together. And then he says, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. The secret places of the cliff, what? what? He goes, yeah, on the mountain, trampling on principalities and powers, there is a secret place of intimacy for you and I in that place. She goes, I really like the shade tree. I like cakes and raisins. I like that. That's really good. That's what I love. He goes, no, no, no. There's a whole nother secret place on the mountain. He goes, I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face there. Come with me on the mountain. Let's do this together. Let's go on conquest over the enemy. Note, he is not calling her to trade intimacy 
for servanthood. Okay? He's not calling her to make the exchange. He's calling her to run with him and to be in the secret place while she's running with him. Massive, massively important, important point right now. So many people, they go, oh, that was my season where I was really in prayer and really in the word, and this is my season to serve. <clears throat> Wrong. When he calls you into partnership in ministry, he's not calling you to leave the place of intimacy. He adds, he adds that to intimacy in the secret places of the cliff even, in the place of intense spiritual warfare. He goes, there's a secret place for me and you in there. He goes, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you praying in that place. I want to see your face. I want to see you in my presence in that place. He goes, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Listen, whenever you say to Jesus, Lord, and you begin to pray, he goes, I love hearing your voice. I love seeing your face. That's his response. So he calls her up to this place of spiritual warfare. He calls her up to this place of authority. He calls her to this place of running together. And man, where this chapter goes right now is like, oh no. He goes, come on to the top of the mountain with me. It's going to be amazing. We're going to partner together. She goes, uh, there's little foxes in my vineyard. Little foxes represent the little areas of weakness and compromise that are still resident in a sincere and growing believer. She goes, uh, catch for us, me and you, can you deliver me from the little foxes, please? Because they're destroying the vine. And she goes, the vine of my heart, it's, I, 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 the, the grapes are small, they're tender. It's a brand new growth of love in me and the, the compromise and the weakness in me it's a tension because I'm two steps forward, one step back right now. And she, he, she goes, Cat, can you just deliver me completely of all of it? He goes, oh, yeah. I can totally do that. On the mountain. Uh, on the mountain? No, no, no. I got little foxes. He goes, yeah, I, got, I have full deliverance for you. Run with me. Sometimes the thing you need the most is to get your eye off of your problem and begin to get into God's heart for someone else to call them out of their challenge. If you, if you will step into his heart for someone else and get your eye off of your belly button, that's called navel gazing. Have you ever heard of that? If you'll get your eye off of me, 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 and you just go, you, you, all of a sudden you'll forget what's wrong with me.
She goes, I got little foxes. They're jacking up the vine. She goes, remember my whole vineyard? Remember my whole vineyard? I never kept it before. Remember chapter one? She goes, my whole vineyard was a wreck. She goes, I got, she goes, I got new growth now, but there's little foxes tearing the whole thing up. What do I do? And she can feel it at this point. She's starting, she's starting in a cycle that she's been in before. She's going, uh, she's wavering. You ever been, you ever been there? God's going, come on, come on. Let's get rid of that. Let's move forward this way. Like, come on, I want, you to, I want you to jump in with me. I want you to go share the gospel. I want you to share the gospel on the campus. I want you to share the gospel with the people at your work. You're like, uh, I'm like not perfect. He goes, yeah, I know. He goes, I, don't, I would choose a perfect person, but I'm the only one that's perfect. So <laughs> I got you, and I really love you. Come on with me. And you go, ah, I got these foxes in here. It's not good. Remember my vine was all messed up before. My garden was all messed up before. But, uh. And she, she, feels it. she feels herself slipping. She goes, I know. Verse 16, she goes, I know he's mine. I know I love you. My beloved is mine. She goes, and I am his. I know this. And, and, and he Oh, no, this, she goes, it's hard for me to say this, but he feeds his flock among the lilies. He's moved now where the flock is being fed, and among the lilies is out in the world where all the lilies are growing. She goes, he's feeding, he's feeding his flock out there now. It's not just in here, inside the fence, inside of our secret place, in our comfort zone. You ever had God call you out of your comfort zone? She goes, I know he's mine. I know he's my beloved. I know he's mine. And I know I am his. What's interesting is, in a minute, she's going to realize that she's got the order backwards. Because she starts with, he's mine, and I'm his. In a second, she's going to go, I'm his. And he's mine. See, up until this point in her, in her walk, she has seen Jesus as a, she's seen him as a means to her own enjoyment and delight. Jesus is there to make me happy. That's how she's seen Jesus. And he has been meeting her and calling her heart to be awake and, and calling her alive in love, and he is pouring his, his love on her to bring her up out of this broken identity. But she sees him as a means to an end, as a means to her own enjoyment. And she doesn't realize that this thing is a partnership, that as, as much as she has delight in him being close, he has delight in her. That she is his inheritance as much as he is her inheritance. Does that make sense what I'm saying? She, she doesn't quite know that yet. But he is making it clear there's more to this than just being under the shade tree. I want you to run with me. And then she says this thing. She says, uh, turn, my beloved. She says, until the day breaks, 
and until the shadows flee away. So when, when, the, when the sun rises is when the day breaks, right? And, and all the gray areas go away when the sun rises, right? All the shadows go away. So she goes, she's talking about her own heart. She goes, until the day breaks and all the shadows go away, she goes, turn. She goes, you be like a gazelle. You go do your thing. I'll be back here in my comfort zone. You go do your thing. She goes, and then when everything's perfect in my heart, then I'll run with you. It's the worst decision ever. She tells him to go away without her. Jesus inviting her, calling her name after her, wanting her with him. She goes, no, I'm not ready. You go do your thing. Now listen, whenever we have chosen compromise and sin and we feel a lack of his presence, it's not because he's left us, it's because we didn't go with him. Hear me. He's not going, oh, that's sick. Oh, I can't be around you. He's going, I'm over here. What are you doing over there? Don't be over there. Be over here. And our issues with compromise and sin, hear me, are us telling Jesus, I'd rather be without you. I don't want to be with you. I'd rather be without you. And this temptation, this choice that I'm making, it's something that makes me feel comfortable. And I don't think I can be what you want me to be, so I'm going to be what I used to be. Does this sound familiar in your own brain? So we choose the old familiar thing, and we tell him, go do your thing, and I'm going to be over here because I can't go where you want me to go. And the scripture actually says this. It's like a dog returns to his vomit. So I don't know about you, but when I was coming into the Lord, I remember I got saved seven times. Anybody ever got saved seven times? I did. Yeah. I answered seven altar calls for salvation in about an 18-month period of time. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, I just got saved like a month ago. But this guy's given a salvation call, and I feel like I have to go down there. It's like I'm not saved, but I just got saved. I'm getting saved again and again. I can't figure out why I'm getting saved. And I've watched <laughs> over and over. I'm like, do you get saved? Does it take seven saves? How does this work? Brand new. But what it was was I had a bonafide salvation experience, and I had not grown to be able to refuse sin. So I kept leaving Jesus, telling him to go his way on the mountains of separation. That's what Bether means, separation. She tells him, go away. I kept doing that, but I, I was sincere. I, he's my beloved, and I'm his. I, I had something, and I really wanted Jesus, but I kept returning to the old pattern, telling him to go his way, and I'm going to stay in what I'm comfortable with. And then I'd hear another message, another salvation message, and I'm like, i got to get saved again. But the point wasn't that I needed to get saved again. The point was I needed to grow up. 
I needed to come out of choosing the old familiar path that was actually destroying me. I needed to quit telling him, you go your way, and I needed to start saying, I don't want to be without you. And so what we're going to see in chapter 3 is this experience she has where he's not there. And it's, it's a, just a season where she's gone her way, and he's not there in the old familiar place, and it does something so intense on the inside of her. She never wants to be in that place ever again. And so even tonight, as we're just wrapping up right now, you know, our ministry time at the beginning, um, you know, it was about this. It was about areas of compromise, areas of backsliding, where we've, we've gone away from the Lord and we realize he's actually still coming and calling our name. That's exactly what this message is. But beloved, listen, there comes a moment where you have to grow up. You have to start saying, I'm not going to choose those old familiar paths anymore, no matter how much they're drawing me, because I've got to be with him. You've got to allow the, the, the desire that you have for him to compel your choice. Think about when you're in that old familiar place and the old familiar temptation, it's calling you. Think about the other side of that temptation. Have you ever felt, you know, satisfied, satiated, alive in heart when you said yes to that old pattern? It doesn't satisfy. It leaves you empty. It leaves you broken. It leaves you dry. It leaves you in pain. Sometimes it actually causes you far more pain than the challenge of working through your insecurity to say yes. And this is the thing that I think is so confusing to the world. And it's not that we're not believers. It's that in our immaturity, we never grow past waffling back and forth. And so unsaved people look at that and they go, eh, they're not really, they're just like me. They're doing the same things I'm doing. Because we haven't gotten to that place where that desire for love, it's better than wine. Glory. There's a little anointed just batong. And this is where, this is how love compels you out of sin. It compels you to make the right choices. You realize that he is full of passion and desire and fire for you, and you go, I never want to leave him again. Amen. So she sends him on the mountain of Bether, and she's going to find out in chapter 3 that it is horrible with him on the mountain of Bether and her not with him. All right, let's stand. I think we'll just do the old hand on the heart altar call tonight. We had a good altar call before. It was good. Just take a moment, Lord. We hear you, Jesus. We hear you calling our name. We hear you as that warrior, that sovereign king, that warrior king, calling us. 
You're calling us out of the comfort zone. Yeah. You're calling us into partnership. You're calling us out of that place of ease. And you're trying to tell us that you're on the mountain. You're going to the mountain and you want to meet us there in intimacy. So, Lord, right now, I'm asking you to speak to our hearts and you give us courage to, to rise up and come away with you as you call us. You know, I, I just, as I'm praying this right now, I just can't help but sense some of you are in that very moment right now. You're in that moment where you feel the Lord. He's calling you out of your comfort zone. He's calling you to be with Him in a place of intimacy, but it's what you're not familiar with. He's not calling you to leave the place of intimacy. He's calling you to run with Him. He's saying, rise up, my love, my fair one, come away, my dove, in the cleft of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, I want to see your face. I want to hear your voice. Your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Because you're beautiful. Come with me. Partner with me in all that I have for you. Some of you right now, you're, in a, you're holding on to a place of comfort. Or you're being tempted to stay or return to a place of comfort. And God is calling you up out of that. into something dynamic, dramatic. doesn't mean he's calling you to move or something like that, but it's out of the comfortable into a new place with him. Man, if you sense that's you right now, I just want you to slide out from where you're standing and come down. I actually put my hand on you right now. I want to pray courage over you. Courage. That's you. Just come. Come quickly. Come quickly. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm asking for courage, courage for each of our hearts to step right out of our comfort zone and right in to that place, that secret place on the, on the cliffs with you, that we wouldn't wait until the shadows flee away, that we wouldn't need everything to be perfect before we step in with what you're calling us to. I just hear the Lord saying, come away with me. Come away with me. Come away with me. Lord, I pray for courage for every heart. Out of the comfort zone. Into the mountains. Out of the comfort zone. Leap on hills. The voice of my beloved, he's leaping, calling my name. He's calling you out the comfort zone. Courage, Lord, to step in faith. Step in faith. Aye. Step in faith. Everything he's called you to be. Step in faith. Courage. 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 Rise up, my love, my fair one. He's saying that over you right now. 
Rise up, my love, my fair one, come away. The winter is past. The springtime has come. It's the voice of singing in the land. Rise up, my love. Come away with me. Break in with courage on every heart. Deliver us from the fear of man. Deliver us from the fear of our inadequacy. I break inadequacy right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I break inadequacy in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up, my love. Come away. Come away. Courage. Courage. Just hear him saying, it's, it's time to grow up into my love. Mature into my love. Mature into my love. Mature. Come away. Rise up. Rise up, my love. Rise up, my love. My fair one. Come away. Lord, make it real in us. Not just a little Christian confession. Oh, wow. Even as you showed up with a different face, God, even as tonight you're moving in power to deliver us from so many things, I pray that even tonight we'd work, walk out of this place different. Just for one more moment, just lift your hands to him right now. Lord, we surrender to you. We surrender to you. Thank you for loving us the way you do. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message ministered to you and that the Lord met you. You can follow us on Instagram at GatekeepersATL. We'll see you in the next message.